Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Kids do. Would you rather? Um, so my, my six-year-old, I don't know why, but this is taken in our house and it's would you rather time all the time. So just, just this last week, he's like, Dad, Dad, would you rather get eaten by sharks and die or fall in hot lava and die? And so uh, I, I chose lava. I felt like that, maybe that would be quicker. Um, the other day it was, Dad, would you rather have someone fart in your face all day or wear princess underwear all day? To which I knew it was going to freak him out. I said, well, of course, princess underwear all day. He's like, who are you? You know? So um, we, we like, I mean, it's random what, what's coming out of a six-year-old's mouth. Uh, to me, I, w- I would ask you guys, would you rather be a Cowboys fan or put your hand in a meat grinder uh, right now? Um, uh, um, sorry, I had to throw that in there. It's been a couple weeks, so you got to trash the Cowboys, even though they're doing pretty good uh, right now, i got to admit. Uh, we're on a series called Soul Therapy Sessions, and Jesus, he, he puts it pretty black and white. He's like, what's worth more than your soul? It was a rhetorical question, nothing. And so often for you and I, we lose sight of how valuable our soul is, yet the whole premise of this and my conviction in this series has been most of our souls are not at rest. And so every now and then I feel like sometimes our soul just kind of weeps or it just kind of cries out like we're just tired and exhausted or we're hurt and maybe we don't necessarily know why. So in this series, we've kind of brought attention to that. Some things that we can do to really start feeding our soul. And so we talked about uh, slowing down. We talked about Shabbat, which is the Hebrew word for Sabbath, which was actually just, you know, stop. Uh, Pastor Chuck came last week and did a phenomenal job. If you were here, I watched it online and uh, on silence, like just kind of trying to get rid of the noise. And we talked about also simplicity, how we will, will go after a bunch of things. And Bible just really kind of talks about when we look at Jesus's life. Uh, he offers a different way, a better way. He, he lived a very simple life. Like there was chaos going around. But he lived a life of simplicity. And that didn't necessarily, sorry, I'm going to jump. It doesn't mean that you got to live poor. It doesn't have anything to do with money. Watch that sermon. And all I'd say is if, if this sounds like something you want in your life, go back and watch some of these weeks um, and start implementing some of these things in your life. And hopefully God will start to, to speak to you. I want to share one of the things that, um, actually I'm seeing, I've got a lot of pumpkin pie I see some apples. Okay, apple pie wasn't in there. Anyone in the room? Uh, apple pie person? Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they're, they're um, arguing about the cowboys and blenders. So great. I'm <laughs> causing division online. Um, <clears throat> uh, in, in learning about sh- Sabbath, and I, I've, I've kind of started using the word Shabbat now because I just like saying it, but as God created and we, we know the creation story in Genesis. He did it in a, in a, in a very specific order. And I want to kind of highlight this uh, to, to some of you that we've never, never seen this. This was kind of new to me. But on day one, day and night, day two, heavens, ocean. Um, and on day three, he created land and vegetation. But if you kind of picture this like in the two columns here, you start to see 
that there are, there is an, almost like an authority structure that is being built. Who's sovereign over what? So day four has the sun and moon, which kind of rule over, in a sense, day and night. And then on day five, he starts to, he creates birds and he creates fish, which what? Correlate to heavens and the ocean. And then on day six, A and B, because you kind of get two sections as you, you read it, but it both happened on day six, you get land animals and then you get humanity, man and woman. And so you see that kind of ruling over land and vegetation. So there's a very um, clear order on what's being ruled. And then you have day seven, which we've talked about. That was the day that God rested. Not that he was tired, but that, as we talked about before, like there's almost something incomplete if you don't rest. There's almost going to be something just missing if you just continue to work and go and go and go. And God sets this up and says, no, peace was, something was created on day seven, rest and peace. But also, he's saying, I'm Lord over all of this. Like humanity, we, we, have, we're, we are told to, to, to rule and steward in this earth, but we have something above everything, heavens and earth, that's meant to rule. So when you stop, when you Shabbat, when you, when you take a Sabbath, and we, again, I'm not going to go too much on that, like it doesn't have to necessarily be a day. It's just kind of a way of life. Jesus offers a different way of doing life than what our world does. When you stop, whatever it, that thing is, you're also declaring that he's Lord over it all. He's sovereign over all this thing. That whatever I'm working for, whatever I'm trying to long to, to complete or do, and I don't take time to rest, I'm not going to find it on day seven. It's almost going to be just meaningless work that I'm going to continue on. And it doesn't get me where I want, and my soul's not at rest. So just by doing this, one of the things that I think is cool is you're saying, God, you're sovereign, and I'm, tr I'm trusting you. Because that's how he set it up. That's how he set it up. Now, in, I don't think this is going to be on your screen here. I didn't get it in the slides. But 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, Paul's writing to a church. And he says, even though I'm allowed to do anything, right? Freedom Church, I love it. You're, you're, you're free to do anything. But he says, I must not become a slave to anything. So when we rest, when we talk about Shabbat, there's a tension that is associated with rest. Because I was talking with a friend this uh, past week or a couple weeks ago. I was like, you know, I've been telling people they need to slow down, they need to stop, and they need to rest. But depending on who I'm talking to, if I'm talking to a lazy person, that's not what I need to say to them. They need to get up and go to work and go do some things. I think the general population isn't lazy. We are overworked and overwhelmed and going and going and going, and our souls are not at rest and rest and rest. So that's where I've typically been talking. But this is between you and God. I, I'm allowed to do anything, but I will not be a slave to anything. And one of the, the things that in our culture, in our society, that a lot of us are a, a slave to is this thing right here. It owns you. As much as you want to say, oh, I'm good or whatever, it jacks with your marriage, it jacks with your relationships, it jacks with your relationship with God. 
And it wreaks havoc in our lives more than we would like to admit. So I'm going to talk about this uh, today, our phones, technology. Um, some of you might be like, I don't, I'm good. And you might get a pass today. But there's going to be something else in your life, a vice. All right, the device may not be your vice, but you have a vice. It may be the alcohol that you consume. It may be the TVs that you watch. It may be what this infinite amount that we have. But in our world, this little device divides. It causes global unrest just by a few little letters and sentences and characters. And what I'm even more than that concerned about today is it causes unrest in your life, in your family's life. And I think there's a better way. I think there's a better way. Personally, as we lead Freedom Church, I love technology. I'm a computer science background. I'm a computer dork and nerd. So I'm going, I'm not giving up on technology. I'm going to use it. I'm going to leverage it. Um, this might be part of a sermon where you would hear pastors or churches bash the phone and bash technology, and, and, and we'll kind of talk about that here in a little bit, but I'm not going to do that. But at the same time, I don't want to be tethered to this thing all the time and just wreaking havoc on my soul. We've got to pay attention to this. Jesus, he said, you cannot worship uh, both God and money. You'll love one or hate the other. And he, I, we talk about money here because of that whole reason. He's like, hey, man, he, money's a big deal back in that day and this day. I think if Jesus were here today, I think he would probably talk about this too. I think he would talk about your phone and how it, how it can wreak havoc in our lives. There's a word called nomophobia. Nomophobia, it's a real, it's a real thing. And you know this because you felt it. The fear of not being connected to your phone. Who am I preaching to? Anybody, anybody. Come on, oh, come on now. I, I saw someone a couple weeks ago, not going to mention any names, but they had lost their phone, and then the next day had a heart attack. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know when you lose your phone um, th- that it causes that panic in your life. And, and, and so we have, some of us, we have this fear. Some stats that come across um, says that 58% of people don't go one waking hour without checking their phone. So when they're awake, the average is about every 12 minutes. The average user checks their phone about every 12 minutes. Uh, 59% will check email as soon as it comes in. Average smartphone user unlocks their phone 150 times a day. Uh, 20% would rather go without, so this is a would you rather. Would you rather go without shoes for a week uh, then take a break from your phone. Only 20% would rather go without shoes for a week uh, than take a break from the phone. 20% have dropped their phone in the toilet. Um, how many of you, let's be honest, you're in church, and if you're online, you can answer this too. Uh, one of the first things you do in the morning and one of the last things you do at night is, is check this thing. One of the first things you do in the morning, one of the last things you do at night uh, is that we check this. All right. Um, so it's, there's a lot of us in here where we have this thing on. I went ahead and I just made up my own list of top seven signs that you might be addicted. All right. So there's no scientific thing, but this is Mike Brakes. You might be addicted if. So number seven, you might be addicted to your phone if your bucket list includes getting 200 likes. 
Um, number six, you might be addicted if your pet has its own Instagram page. Anybody? Anybody? You're like, I'm not. You can point. You can point. Um, number five, you cuddle with your phone at night like it's a teddy bear. Um, number four, now you guys are starting to point. Um, you catch yourself scrolling Facebook on your phone and computer at the same time. That, that right here, I, I got that one. Uh, number three, you look forward to going to the bathroom so you can get to the next level on your favorite game. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, number two, uh, your legs fall asleep while sitting on the toilet playing your favorite game. Or as someone pointed out, you get that red mark on your knee or something like that, and you're like, what's going on with that? Um, number one is you have serious concerns about how you'll spend free time in heaven. Uh, you might be addicted if. Um, just having some fun here. There's no rhyme or reason to that, but obviously it relates. Um, here, let's do another poll. I'm, I, I like asking questions. How many of you would say this is good or bad? This, this thing right here. Um, your, your phone, technology, social media, good or bad, let's just do it. You can put in, in the comments so I can see it, I can see things coming across. But in a room, just a quick poll, how many of you would say this is a, a, a bad thing? If you had to choose good or bad, bad? Okay, some of us. How many of you would say good? Okay, all right, some of y'all are not voting at all. Uh, not for, yeah, both, both, okay, okay. Um, listen. It's easy, it's easy, real easy, I think, to, to look at this and to bash on it, to bash on social media or phones and, uh, and I don't like this or whatever. I think it's, it's, it's super simple to, to do that. But I think also, I think we lose focus. Like busyness, where many of us have admitted, hey, I struggle with busyness and I'm always on the go, we lose focus as to what is our purpose and meaning in life. And we just, we get on this thing and before we know it, we're sucked in, but we lost focus as to maybe why I even got this thing in the first place or how I can best utilize it um, and make it not work against me, but maybe work, at, work for me or for other people. When we talk about Shabbat, stopping and slowing down from our busyness, where we've lost focus in life and we've just kind of been chasing on the treadmill of life and everything just seems right out of reach, we've lost focus on what we're doing. So Shabbat kind of slows things down and helps us kind of regain some focus on what we're doing. I'm silencing out the noise so I can get some focus on what's going on. And when I do those things, when I put myself in an environment where I'm going to remove the noise, slow down, so I, can, I want to get God. Like, that's the whole goal. I'm not doing the things just to do the things so I can check off a list and earn points with God. I do it so I can hear from God. I do it. I get into the Word and I read it so I can hear from God. It's living. It's breathing. It's speaking right to my soul. And so I want to get God. But as we wrap up the series, today's the series finale. I'm not going to spend four weeks on us trying to slow down, simplify life, so I can actually refocus and hear from God, only to sit there and keep it to myself. Because when I get God, 
it will always lead to me going and telling. When I get God, it's going to be go and tell. So a big part of this series has been stop, and today is now go. Stop, now go. And that is what we need to focus on, at least for today. I'm going to get God, but now I'm going to go tell and tell other people about it. Jesus was brilliant at this sort of stuff when he was talking with people because they would get so wrapped up in religion. They would get so wrapped up in something, and he's like, you're missing life here. I created this whole thing. He's not necessarily given commands so much as he is saying, this is how life works. You can't serve both God and money. It's not a command to say don't have money. It's just saying that it doesn't work this way. I'm the creator. I'm trying to tell you how to go. So he tells his disciples, you are the salt of the earth. What good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Let me try to make it to you in another way. For those of you who don't eat salt in your food and you can't do that sort of stuff, let me try to think of something else. You are the light of the world. Los Alamos, a city on a hill, cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Has anyone seen the L.A. Uh, uh, mountain lights that, that light up recently here? Like for a long time, it was nothing. And then all of a sudden, there was something. No, they didn't, whoever did that didn't put the lights up there and then black it all out. I want you to see that L.A., they put the light on the hill so you could see it, so that thing could shine. In the same way, let your good deeds shine. Stop. And then go. It's meant to be sent out. That light is meant to be sent out to shine for all to see. So everyone, here's the goal, to praise your heavenly Father. And so we have our phones I want to talk about this. He says, you're, you're supposed to be a light. But I, 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 there, I want to show you some stats. I could talk about this a lot. I got to try to kind of keep this tight and concise. But this is a, it's kind of like if you're new to freedom, this is kind of my heart and vision for Freedom Church and how we use social media, how we use technology. And I'll try to, to, to kind of make that clear. Facebook right now has 2.9 billion users just on Facebook. That doesn't include Instagram, YouTube, WhatsApp, and that. So you got nearly half the world has a Facebook account. They have about a million new users uh, weekly are added to uh, Facebook. And the average friends on Facebook on average is roughly like 600. So I can, I can sit there and I can hate on Facebook all day long. I can hate on social media. But I'm going to argue that maybe you don't hate Facebook. You hate gossip. You don't hate 
Facebook, you hate how it makes you play the comparison game and how you're always feeling less than and you don't like how that makes you feel and the, maybe the shame that comes along with that. I got this from my yard today. It's kind of heavy. I got this brick paver. Is this good or bad? Now, I can, I can take a, a brick and I can, I can damage, do a lot of damage with this thing. I can sit there and try to heave it at someone and everyone's going to go running and, and cause a mess. I could go to some houses and smash some windows in with this brick. I can do a lot of damage with this thing that's in my hand. I can also take this same thing and I can put it together with some other bricks and I can make something beautiful. I can make a home that can house people and provide a shelter and a place for community. Is this good or bad? Is this good or bad? You, some of you said both. It's neither. It's how you use it. The persons whose hands it's in and what do they do with the thing? What purpose do they put behind it? Some of us have lost our focus as to the purpose behind these things. I'm not going to look at technology, see that there's 3 billion people on the planet using social media or more, and then try to get in a debate on whether or not online church or in-person church is real. I'm going to look at that and see how many people are using it, and I'm going to leverage it to be salty, to be a light, to bring hope. And, and I can look at Facebook and all the things that I hate which would line up with all the things that you hate, and we could both have a party where we're just like, ah, it's so dark, it's so disgusting, I want nothing to do with it, it's just terrible, and blah. I could have that same, con that same conversation about our world. Our world is jacked up. It's so dark and messed up and crazy, and I'm just like, oh, just take me Jesus now. But our Lord and Savior does not give us that option. He says, yeah, it's dark, which means there's an opportunity for the light to shine. Don't lose focus that you're salty. Not that type of salty, like the good salty. Bring some taste and some flavor and some hope to people. Most of us, all we have seen so all that we know, we're still very new to tech. We're still very new to social media. We don't know how to use this thing. We, all we see is, is this gossip stuff that does drive us nuts. It drives me nuts. That's why Shabbat is there, by the way. Take a break from this thing. Put the phone down. I'm not going to be mastered by anything. But when I pick it up, it's not a toy. I will use this as a tool. And I will give it some purpose and direction in that. I'm going to go into the darkness. I'm going to go into the darkness and be hope and be light. Let me give you a couple examples, because many of you do this well. Uh, this is a couple, maybe a month or so ago. This is Austin. 
makes a post. Hey, friends, how can I pray for you today? Please let me know. Prayer is so powerful. And then people start putting on prayer requests. And then he starts putting in the prayer. This one actually turned into two posts. And on the second post, uh, he actually shared the gospel with someone because someone was like, I don't know that I believe that prayer works. And they just had a conversation about it, spreading hope and being light. I, I mean, to me, this is awesome to just put that out there. You're like, well, it didn't get very many likes or it didn't like go viral or anything. I'm not about the, the, the vanity stats. This is relational. This is, this, is, this is ministry. This is kingdom impact. This is real. Because the people who put on prayer requests weren't putting up fake stuff. And when Austin's praying for him, he's praying for real. There's another one I want to show you. This was in our, our connect group. Praise report. I had my PET scan uh, last week. It was clear. It's official. I'm in remission. Praise the Lord. Thanks to each and everyone for all the prayers and support. We've been praying for Debbie for a year, more. This is beautiful. This is, this is bringing the social into social media. We bring the me into social media. But this is community building, relationship building. Is it better than in person? No. But it's the start of a conversation that when I see these people, I can have real meaningful conversation with them and build community. I don't want to lose sight of what we're doing and why we're doing it. In a world where people are without peace, where people are without hope, where people are without joy, and you and I, we get here, we, are, we have infinite possibilities on what we could post or type. I, I, I kind of thought about doing a, a, a personal profile audit of some people today. Like, let's just go through. You had infinite amount of, of, of things to post today, and this is what you chose. A rant about how Southwest Airlines messed up your luggage. I, like, I, I don't know what that's great. You got that off your chest, but is that, is that really helpful? I don't know. I think, for me, what, what hurts me the most in this season people who I know and I love and they're shouting and they're screaming on social media about something this or something that or whatever and they've been shouting for so long that they've lost their voice and nobody's listening to them on that matter and definitely not about spiritual matters I don't want that for you and I don't want that for me I want us when we go into something when you go into your workplace, don't lose focus on your purpose there. Go be a light that shines. When you pick up this device, be a light that shines. It doesn't have to be prayer and ministry and church stuff all the time either. Be you, be real, be genuine. That's what people want to see. But also, we got to understand that to, to just fill in with a bunch of noise and junk, can cause us to lose sight, to not be that light that God's called us to be. For some of us, it's going to bring purpose into this, and, and for a lot of people, if we were honest, going back to the amount of likes, uh, we pursue popularity over purpose. I want something that's going to go viral, I want something that's going to get a lot of likes or attention or comments or whatever. And, and if we're honest, we know that's, those are the vanity metrics, and I'm not concerned about that. 
Jesus' disciples. Jesus dies on the cross. He rises from the grave. He's alive. He spends time with his disciples. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven. And uh, the disciples were with him, and they kept asking Jesus, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? I want you to watch this because he kind of highlights some of the things that we've been talking about in this series and even today. Is now the time, Jesus, when you're going to get rid of Rome and start really building your kingdom? Like they still didn't get it. They still missed the purpose. And that's okay because we, we fumble it too. Ah, this world's so dark. You know, Jesus, when are you? I wish you'd just come back. Can you just come back today and just end this misery and just save us all? I kind of figure, I kind of see that as, as I'm envisioning myself and the disciples in this conversation. Is now the time to come because it's been miserable. I mean, you've already conquered sin, you conquered death. Can you just fix it all now? And watch what Jesus does. See how he pivots this, all right? He says, the Father alone has the authority. He's the ruler of it all. He created this thing, so he knows when it's going to end. He set those dates and times. And they are not for you to know. Translation, none your business. All right? That is not your business. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You get God. God's Spirit comes to you. Oh, and there's gonna, when that happens, power. When you Shabbat, when you rest, power. God's power comes in you. You get God, but it doesn't stay there. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, on Facebook, on Instagram, in the ends of the earth. Don't lose focus. You stop and slow down to get God so you can go and tell. Stop, now go. Stop, now go. And do it over and over and over and over and over. And if he has somebody who is listening to his voice and they're going to live this thing out, oh, there's going to be so much power flowing through you. You're going to see so many lives transformed. I don't care if it's online or in person or both. It's going to be an amazing journey, an amazing adventure where you're just like, only God. I don't even know how. I don't even know how, but only God. And that's what they did. These guys changed the world off of Acts 1.8. I remember being on vacation in one of my favorite spots uh, on a Caribbean beach several years ago. Anybody who's with me? Vacation on a Caribbean beach. All right, some of you guys are campers. I don't know why. Some of you are mountain people or whatever, but I want to go to a beach. That's a vacation. And I remember this is at my time at the lab, and I was having it out with God uh, on like day five or day six of vacation because it took that long for me to finally just like start settling it down my brain just finally shutting down. And so I'm sitting there in some quiet time with God and I'm having it out with him just saying, how long? Like, work is crazy. And it just keeps adding up and there's so much. And here I am on the Caribbean and I can't relax because all this stuff's going on and I don't want to live like this. How long, God, are you, you, is this going to happen until things change? And sometimes I've learned to stop asking questions to God 
because he will take that exact same question. How long is it going to take for things to change? And he'll say, yeah, Mike. How long is it going to take for things to change? And it spoke right to my soul because I knew I can change today. No one at work cares about my schedule more than me. Even in my own house, I love my family, but no one in my house cares about my schedule more than me. I need to take some ownership and recognize I've lost focus. How long? I get to choose how long. You get to choose how long. You want rest for your soul. You can change that today and start working in that direction today. And yeah, you'll have to have some conversations with some family members or some work people, but you can start prioritizing the most valuable thing in your possession, your soul, and connecting it with your heavenly father who created you for a relationship with him so you could do amazing things in and around. So you can be present, not only with God, but you can be present with the people around you. I hate having, I hate being mastered by this thing only to be talking on this and have my, my wife look at me and say, what did I, what did I just say? And I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. Or to have my kids say, dad, you're hypnotized. Ah, it's going to happen, but I can work on that. At the end of your life, And next week, I want you to come back next week in this Christmas Thanksgiving season. I know we're Halloween, so I can't really talk about Christmas yet, even though I want to play some Christmas music. Um, We're going to start a series called Living Legacy because it's not about us. We're going to bring those kids into the room. We're going to pass it on to them. They're going to be leading this thing. I'm not going to hold on to my life, so that's it. I want to pass it on, and we can do that in this season. So I want to invite you to come back because we've stopped, but now we're going to go pass on a legacy that's bigger than you and I. At the end of our life, it's not going to matter how many likes I got on Facebook. Ooh, I got three more than last time. I made it to 200. Look at that. I got 200 likes. What is going to matter is how much love you showed to the people around you. And John, one of Jesus' best friends, he said, let's not merely say that we love each other. Don't just say it. Let us show, let us show. Go tell the truth by our actions. That's, That's the gospel. Jesus, the one who we're following, didn't just shout it from heaven. Ah, you bunch of sinners, get cleaned up and get better and do all these things. No, he showed up, humbled himself, and showed up on earth 2,000 years ago. Not Not pointing a finger, but raising hands in surrender. Motivated by love. For God so loved the world that he gave. so that anyone who believes in him will have eternal life. 
motivated by love with the goal of restoration. I want to restore it. You don't have to earn it. You just receive this thing. And I think that's what he's doing in this series is reminding us of this restoration process and some of us, our souls. I'm not questioning your salvation. You just know your soul's not at rest. And we're trying to put some things into practice. How long till you put this into practice? How long till you slow down? How long till you put this down and, and stop letting it own you and control you? How long are you going to hold on to that bitterness instead of leaning into forgiveness? How long are you going to keep lashing out in anger? I know you're angry, but are you going to keep lashing out with people on social media? How long? Until we get our focus right to see what we're here on earth for. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.